the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our worldwide audience for another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And please go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org where you can hear all of the shows on podcast once they've aired at uh, 1360. And this is a, a listener-supported uh, show, so that's important to note anyway uh, as well. So, And there's a place to do that on the website if you wish, wish to do that. So um, my guest is Melody Burkett, Regional Communications Director covering Arizona and New Mexico for American Red Cross. Hi, Melody. Hello, Art. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you, we've worked this out and uh, so glad you're on the air. You know, Red Cross is something we hear, we always see and hear, but we rarely do we get to know how and, and how you operate and all of that. So before we jump into uh, what Red Cross is, I'm going to ask you a favor, and that is give us a little idea of uh, your background, Melody. Well, I spent most of my career working in radio, and during that time, yes, another radio person, <laughs> so during that time, I uh, covered a lot of Red Cross stories, and I went to shelters, and I just remember being so impressed and taken back by all the humanitarian aid that they gave people uh, impacted by disasters. And, you know, they would set up, um, you know, shelters where there would be a place for people to sleep at night. Um, they'd get a warm meal, um, hygiene kits. Uh, we call them comfort kits. But when you think of it, when you're asked to evacuate and you're running out of the house, you're not thinking about grabbing a toothbrush or toothpaste yeah. or items like that. And so we provide all those items. And uh, so I was just, now that I've been on the other side of it, it it's just really, I call call it a well-oiled machine with the Red Cross on how organized they are. And, you know, 90% of our staff is made up of volunteers. Only 10% of us are wow. paid. So it's an amazing operation with volunteers and staff working together in the humanitarian side of it. But we also have the blood donor ser uh, side of it. Uh, we actually have five lines of service, uh, which is, of course, disaster relief, blood, health and safety, international services, and, of course, uh, youth preparedness. So it's an amazing operation. Yeah, and and you're talking uh, with your uh, closeness is just in this territory 
Arizona, New Mexico, right? Correct. But we do have uh, staff members, you know, employees and volunteers who deploy to disasters, like, such as the Hawaii wildfires, uh, Hurricane Ian in Florida. Uh, we go all over the country. and uh, well, it's an international branch, too. Right? Oh, the, correct. Uh, we are separate from that, from the International Federation of the Red Cross and the Crescent Society. But uh, if we are called upon, we will um, assist that organization. Well, and and your position is is pretty uh, important. I mean, you, you've got a lot of territory territory to work in, and um, and whether it's uh, houses on fire or whatever that is, you're involved in that communication process, right? That's correct. Uh, here locally in Maricopa County, we respond to on average of three house fires in a twenty four hour period, and those are just the fires that. Um, that we get calls on. There's many more happening, but for those people who need some help, they maybe don't have a family member or a friend to stay with, and they need the Red Cross help to, uh, you know, point them in the right direction and help them get back on their feet. And that's what we're there for. Yeah. So, um, so you've got a great background for this, obviously. It was tailor-made for you, right? I'd like to think so, but, you know, spending, you know, Radio, a little bit of TV, some TV but, yes, uh, I know, but, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, it's different being on this side of it. I kind of like being in your seat, you know, being the, <laughs> asking the questions, but, uh, uh, it's been, um, a real blessing to be, uh, on this side of, and working with the Red Cross and, uh, supporting their humanitarian mission. It's been great. So you must be able to, uh, in, in larger situations or whatever it is, maybe even just, to, to, to bounce ideas off, off others around the country like you, communications persons within different territories, you must uh, have a, a pipeline to talk to each other for a while, right? Yeah, well, our region is divided into swarm, which is the southwest division, as we call it. And so there's nine, uh, yeah, southwest. There's a lot of yeah, bees. Yeah, exactly. No, no. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we uh, it's made up of uh, nine regions, and uh, Texas has like three, and we're one. Of course. Uh, uh, Colorado, Wyoming, we have Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana. So uh, so we collaborate right. regularly uh, with the communications team and, of course, collaborating with other departments as well. So, but yeah. uh, and. And every now and then, the entire country will get together for a communicator's call where I can talk to people from nice. uh, all parts of the country. So it's great. And, and Zoom makes it so e- easy. Oh, yes. <laughs> it, it's just great. So <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so whether it's nationally or internationally, Red Cross is the same across all those borders? Right. Uh, well, you know, again, the International Red Cross works separately from us, but okay. our our goal is the same where we're, you know, we're collecting blood, we're a humanitarian outreach. Uh, I mean, there's so many things that we do that a lot of people are probably not even aware of, you know, services to armed forces. Yeah. Uh, we have a program under that branch uh, where uh, it's restoring family links and we help connect people uh, that get separated from their loved ones. Um, of course, we supply almost half of the nation's blood, and so blood collection is a big part of what we do. And of course, you know, the disaster is what I think most yeah. people associate us with, but uh, there's so many different uh, other branches yeah. of the Red Cross. So well. does Red Cross have uh, places within Arizona or the Valley here where you can go in and donate blood? 
Yes, we have a lot of mobile sites, a lot of uh, schools, churches, uh, community centers. Uh, they all uh, step forward and offer their locations for um, blood donation sites. But really exciting is we just opened up a couple of fixed sites in the last uh, six months or so. We have one in Glendale at uh, the 101 in Glendale Avenue and then also one in Gilbert at Val Vista and Elliott. And the significance of the fixed sites is that people can also donate plasma there. And before, Tucson was the only location where people could go to donate plasma. And that is like a blood clotting component of the blood that cancer patients need. And so for the first time, we're able to collect plasma in at these two sites in Phoenix. But mobile sites, it's just whole blood collection. And we have blood drives going on pretty much every day. So uh, if you just go to redcrossblood.org, you can type in your zip code and find a blood location center (laughs) near you, sign up and, uh, you know, and, you know, allow about an hour. But we have what we call a rapid pass. So if you fill out the questionnaire prior to going, it'll uh, cut your stay down by maybe about 15 minutes. So the whole blood collection process is eight to 10 minutes, but and there are there are donors that are asked to come in and just give plasma, right? Correct, and that is a three hour process. I didn't realize so, there was just one one location where they could do that. Yeah, now yeah, one city in Arizona, but now we have two locations in the Phoenix area, okay. which is great. But that's uh, kudos to those folks because that's a three hour commitment of oh time. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So it's a uh, uh, more involved in the process, but we you know of course we appreciate all donors because yeah. again. Uh, collecting almost half the nation's blood, you know, uh, every two seconds, somebody in the country, in the United States, needs blood. Every two seconds. Wow. So pretty incredible. What so a, a huge need. And, uh, yeah. and especially around the holidays, people don't always uh, think about uh, giving blood or, you know, during holidays, Memorial Day, July 4th, and all that. So uh, we encourage you to sign up at all times of the year. Yeah. I've got a message for our uh, our audience for just a moment. I have uh, the message is, if you came in late to the Rescuers Radio Show, my guest is Melody Burkett, Red Cross Communications Director for the Arizona-New Mexico region. And um, so... Red Cross centers are widespread, right? Right. Uh, So if you go to Google or wherever to look at Red Cross, you can find a need or wherever wherever you go. Probably right. Right. Uh, we have chapters offices in all of the major cities and some of the smaller towns as well. So, uh, yeah. but uh, if you go to our website, redcross.org, all that information is there. Yeah, I might give blood today. Who knows? That's great. Yeah, yeah. welcome you to do that. Yeah. I'm always looking for volunteers. If you'd like to sign up to be a volunteer, we'd love that. Uh, <laughs> there's so many opportunities. It's just not disaster services. We have volunteers that host blood drives, yeah. and they're in charge. of of organizing those. And uh, even at the high school level, I attended one at a high school a few weeks ago, and it was uh, pretty amazing with all these high school students involved. And uh, they were eager to... Uh, uh, yeah. One of their classmates has been fighting cancer and has, need li- has needed life-saving blood transfusions, oh, so they wow. did it for their classmate yeah. and had a huge turnout. It was right. just spectacular. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't always always have to be an accident or a disaster or... Every that's a number to everyday thing, right? Right, is right. giving blood. Right. So, um, gosh, uh, 
so the work the work with Red Cross, you know, on a on a broad scale, when there's uh, something going on around the world and and a, a disaster, you always see Red Cross there. It seems like. But here in the United States, it's no different, right? That's, That's correct. It's a, it's a high presence. And um, what a lot of people don't realize is we're there for the long term. Like, yeah. okay, the Hawaii wildfires, yeah. we still have people there. We're going to be there for the long haul until wow. they do n- no longer need us. Uh, we still have people in Florida. We have people all around the country. You know, So just because a disaster happens, we don't go away after a week or two. We are there for as long as the people need us. Therefore, and uh, we continue to send volunteers from the regional level and national level to help with these disasters. Yeah. So, um, so if if I ask you to cover the work of of Red Cross, which is what we're talking about right now, there's there's so many disciplines, and you you named a few, but you have a long list of things that Red Cross does mm-hmm. and our, our audience may not be aware of. So mention some of those that are not spoken about very often. Well, uh, yeah, it's a long list. Yeah, right. I mean, well, you know, we were talking about disaster services and kind of an interesting statistic that we respond to 60,000 disasters every year in the United States, just in the United States. 60,000? And another interesting statistics worldwide, you know, when you get the yeah. International Red Cross involved, we used to respond to a billion, be as a boy, billion dollar disaster every 18 months. Now it's every 18 days. Wow. So it's just, uh, you, you see more extreme weather conditions happening all over the world here in this country. And uh, it's becoming a bigger operation to support uh, being that these uh, high level dollar amount disasters are happening more frequently. And so that has been a challenge to keep up with that. You have a line item for veterans as well. Tell Correct. Service that. to Armed Forces. And uh, we help, um, we provide support, comfort, and resources to military members, veterans, and their families. And uh, the Restoring Family Links program I mentioned a moment ago, uh, that helps connect families separated by a crisis. Uh, we have one gentleman in our Tucson area, and he fled a village in Africa. And he just, uh, he could not get in touch with his family, and he just assumed that they were all dead. He contacted the Red Cross. He works as an interpreter, not for the Red Cross, but another organization in Tucson. And uh, he contacted the Red Cross a few years ago and said, you know, is there any way you can help me find my family? You know, even if dead or alive, I just want to know if they're okay or what happened to him. And the Red Cross found his family and he was able to talk to his dad for the first time in his native language and they're all okay. And so the Red Cross, you know, typically gets involved with that. We do what we have call more at the local level where, you know, we are always looking for volunteers and uh, stand downs where we provide, uh, you know, uh, first aid and, you know, uh, comfort kits and all, you know, any services that veterans and their families might need. So we'll set up uh, these tabling events and that we call stand downs where we partner with 
with other veteran organizations and uh, provide services to them. So really neat. Uh, a lot of um, going on in that. I mean, some of our staff members deploy to overseas, and uh, so we'll lose them here in Arizona for a short time, but then they come back and resume their work here uh, locally. So uh, nice. pretty amazing. You just rem- I'm going to ask this question. Uh, in Arizona and New Mexico in particular, there's nations inside of nations talking about Native American. Mm-hmm. Um, do you branch into those areas as well? Right. Um, the tribal communities are very a tight-knit group, yes. and uh, a lot of times they but do they need not— help. You know, a lot of times they say, hey, thanks for offering, but we're good. But other times, like there was the uh, flooding in Chinle in the summertime, uh, we were there for quite a few weeks uh, helping uh, the uh, Navajo Nation there uh, because there just tremendous flooding. It was uh, a lot of people uh, were needing assistance. But in that case, a lot of them found family and friends to stay with. But we did open up a shelter. We were there giving out information, helping them Point, in the, point them in the right direction where they can get services from the government. Yeah. And um, another thing that a lot of people don't realize we're involved in, we work very closely with the FEMA, you know, the federal government. Yes. And so when there's a big disaster that happens, whether it's the wildfires in Hawaii or even disasters in our own backyard, Hurricanes. we will go out. Yes. I mean, we will go out and do a disaster assessment and determine is the home a complete loss or how much damage has been sustained. And then we will turn that figure into the government so then they can immediately start helping the families that are impacted. Um, a, A myth of the Red Cross is that a lot of people think that we help people rebuild their homes, but we provide comfort and care in the yeah, days and yeah. weeks following a disaster, and we get them in touch with the organizations such as the, you know FEMA, the government, or community groups who can help them move forward. Yeah. But we're there more for initially after the disaster happens, and we will help people. I mean, we also have spiritual care advisors. We sent one from the Phoenix area to go to Hawaii to help those, oh, and wow. you know, and if people. People are not religious. Sometimes they just need yeah. a shoulder to cry on, yeah. but other times they want somebody to sit down and pray with them. I mean, it just uh, that spiritual care advisor is there to help them in any way they can, and uh, that's another valuable resource that we the Red Cross provides. Yeah, well, that would be that would be going across state lines, right? Correct. But we uh, have those advisors yeah. that are here for Arizona and New Mexico as well. But yeah. uh, uh, if it's a big enough disaster in our state, oh, uh, would... they're always available. We have mental health counselors who help people. And uh, a lot of times, you know, it's just sometimes people just need to talk to somebody and that's what they're there for. They just need somebody to listen on the worst day of their life. And uh, but I uh, a story that that comes to mind about a year and a half ago, we had what about 15 wildfires going on between Arizona and New Mexico. And it's kind of this story shows you how resilient kids are, because uh, this uh, six year old boy in New Mexico, he lived with his grandfather. His um, dad lived next door and both homes were burned down, lost everything. But there, uh, there's a photo I remember with him standing next to a Red Cross volunteer, 
And they were just so appreciative of the Red Cross being there. Like they saw hope, even though they lost everything. And this little boy handed the Red Cross volunteer a rock saying, hey, I just want you to have this. Thank you so much for helping me. (laughs) And the little boy, and then he was telling the Red Cross uh, volunteer, like, well, this is where my bedroom used to be. And this is where I used to watch television. And, you know, but the child didn't care. He lost all his toys, everything, but he still had his grandfather and his dad. And that's all that mattered. And now here the Red Cross showed up and it's like, hey, we're going to help you get a roof over your head and we're going to get you back on your feet. But the little boy was just so happy he still had his family. And it just shows you the resilience of kids. Yeah. And then, you know, I go to blood drives and these people, uh, there's usually a story on why somebody donates. Like my brother was involved in a car accident a couple of years ago and I'm giving back. And uh, I I interviewed this one lady who... um, three kids and you know the she gave birth to three kids and everything went well her fourth child something went terribly well wrong and she needed several pints of life-saving blood and it saved her life and um Three years later, the baby, you know, three-year-old toddler and her are both fine. But, you know, you, I hear stories like that over and over again. It just it just occurred to me, does it matter uh, what blood type when you go in to, to give blood? Are no. you going to say, we need more of this of the or that? You no, need no. it all, right? I mean, type O is the, and type O negative is the universal blood type. Yes. So if uh, an accident or a uh, patient gets you know into the ER and they don't have time to test the blood they need to yeah. start transfusion immediately typo negative is the universal blood type yeah. that they will always reach for but if you have another type of blood it's always needed uh we are focused on sickle cell uh and uh Explain what happen. that is. That can happen, you know, to anybody, but it primarily affects the African-American community. Okay. And it's so important for uh, the African-Americans to get out and donate because usually uh, you're going to find a blood type match uh, with somebody of the same ethnicity ethnicity as you are. Yeah. So we encourage that. And even like the, we have a huge Hispanic population here in Phoenix, yeah. but yet only about 1% of Hispanics get out and donate blood. Wow. So you know, we need all blood types, all ethnicities, everything, because, uh, you know, there's certain... Is there a disease. fear factor there, or...? Yeah, some people do have a fear yeah. of needles, but then some people, <gasps> like... You use needles? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it really, it's just a little pinch. It really Just kidding, hurt, audience. But, just kidding. But one of our philanthropy officers, uh, she just always thought, hey, you know, blood just mysteriously appears <laughs> on the shelf. But when her daughter was three years old, she was diagnosed with cancer, and she needed some oh, life-saving wow. blood. She's 21 years old today, uh, goes to ASU, healthy, recovered from cancer. So you can track things like that. Yeah. And so uh, and one thing that's really neat is if you sign up, uh, if you download our um, app, the Red Cross blood app, uh, you can find out how your blood is used. So you download that, and then two weeks after you donate, you can follow they'll it. Tell, yeah, they'll say, hey, really? you know, I mean, sometimes we ship blood out of state. We try and keep you here local, but uh, uh, 
you know, you might say, hey, an accident victim in Los Angeles just used your blood. Or, you know, maybe it's a little baby, uh, who a preemie baby who needed some That's life. awesome information to have. Yeah. So you, you can you find wonder, out. where does this go? Yeah. So it really is being yeah. used. I mean, they'll keep it on the shelf. They'll test it and all that. But uh, usually it's about a two-week shelf life. And well, that would be one of your line items is driven by data. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. certainly being driven by data, right? right? Yeah. And then in the case of platelets, we can't keep it on the shelf as long. Yeah. It's about, I believe. Now, when you talk about on the shelf, th- these are giant freezers or are they frozen? Uh, Blood can't freeze. Refrigerated. Right. Refrigerated. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we ship it to a center in California and where they process it and then, you know, ship it back to us or to other areas of the country. Oh, so there, it, any impurities or right. I don't it's know a, what that would yeah, be. Yeah, because but. people, I think sometimes they think, oh, if I get a blood transfusion, is the blood safe? I mean, there are so many testing methods that go through to make sure that every single pint of blood on the shelf is safe. Wow. So it goes through a rigorous testing. I mean, they do some initial testing before you donate blood. There's a lot of questions well, that are the, asked. The list of questions, yeah. Yes. And uh, so ne- uh, everybody gets asked the same questions, but, uh, but even still, they're not going to just take your word for it. They're going to test it profusely just to make <laughs> sure before they put it into somebody else's body, they're going to make sure that it yeah. is safe. And That's so, awesome that people know that. Right. It's a, uh, you know, but, and it and costs that nothing to, to, to donate. You don't have you don't have that place here in Arizona. It's it's in California. Correct. Okay. But uh, wow. But we connect uh, uh, collect all over Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Um, Government relations you're involved in. Uh, I don't know what that would be, but. Um, Diversity, equity, and inclusion. You were just kind of talking about that, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So um, we're very big at the Red Cross on, you know, DEI. And, uh, you know, and that includes recruiting volunteers from, you know, all, you know, ethnicities. In fact, my volunteer partner in Tucson is part of the Asian Pacific uh, group for the Red Cross. And so uh, he contributes a lot to that. So, and then I just thought I'd mention training services. We provide CPR. We're in our last minute, by the way. Okay, well, squeeze us in CPR, AED, first aid classes, water safety. Uh, we provide training for that, and you can go Lifeguards. to our website. Yep, yeah. exactly. So we provide that here in the Phoenix office, Tucson. So uh, go to our website, wow. sign up for some classes. <laughs> Melody Burkett, uh, you and American Red Cross, Arizona, New Mexico region, you are rescuers, and thank you for being on the show today. I appreciate you having God me. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.